It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. East tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon East, a series for Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it's in. On this week's episode, a tale of two halves, more coal mines, but more onshore windmills, apparently. Go figure. Let's speak to our man who will be spinning, but not digging, from this cataclysmic government situation. He's the green entrepreneur and environmentalist, Dale Vince. Dale, hello. Hey, Ian. I'm so f***ing astounded that it's... Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say or what to do with myself. You know, we've, we've got a government that uh, appear to be unbanning onshore wind, but I don't think they are actually... We're surrounded by U-turns and, and by like uh, fake unbanning of things and, and maybe even the fake launch of a coal mine. I'm not sure that's even serious. And meanwhile, hot off the press today, the Tories have just said they're not going to ban solar. Another U-turn. It's, it's like dizzying what's happening right now. I mean, we talked about this on the radio, didn't we, earlier, that there is clearly, and every Tory leader seems to be playing the same game. They don't want to piss off that group of people who are, you know, who essentially eat coal for breakfast. They're that obsessed with the fossils. <laughs> and the other group who are saying, hang on, look, there's a there's a future in this. So and every prime minister, Boris, Liz, now Rishi, seems to be trying to kind of walk two lines on this. Yeah, I, th I think that's right. It's a tightrope down the middle of the Tory party. And this is what Sunak's doing right now. And as you say, others have tried to do it before him. So I think this coal mine announcement, for example, that's a big uh, sop to the, the right wing of his party, the, the extreme right wing, that are climate skeptics, pro-fossil fuels and against renewables. This is saying to them, look, look, you know, we've, we've got the balls basically to bring back coal in the face of all that common sense and science and, and all the good things we said at COP just a year ago about, you know, having to give up coal. And then at the same time, he's saying to the other wing of the party that are more sensible, understand that climate crisis is real and that we need renewables. He's saying to them, oh, look, I'm going to bring back onshore wind, provided local people will accept it. And the devil is in that detail. What will they define as local support? But the, the the job is for him just to throw something to each wing of his party and try and keep that together until the next election. But meanwhile, the country suffers. We've got an energy crisis. We've got bills that millions of people can't afford to pay. And what he's doing, maybe balancing his own party, I'm just doing nothing for the country. It's not tackling our energy bills or our need to tackle the climate crisis. And it's also the worst kind of leadership, isn't it, in this respect? I mean, if you had – I mean, even if you brought Thatcher back into this, love or hater – she would have said, this is what we're doing. Yes. And you'd go, okay, I know where we stand now. They're either pro or they're anti, fine. But this trying to please, you know, I remember seeing an interview with her where she essentially said it's a dead-end road the minute you start to try and please that group or that group. But you've got to say, this is our philosophy. This is our belief. Yeah. I mean, I think they've become an ungovernable rabble, actually, the Tory party. 
and and this is the problem. It's a problem for the country, though. I don't really give a shit about the Tory party and the problems of Sunak trying to keep it together because this is harming people in our country and it's slowing down our progress to net zero. And it's wrong. They have no electoral mandate to be in power. We've had three prime ministers over the summer, two of them gifted to us by the Tory party with, with no mandate to rule at all. And, yeah. I mean, um, you know, what's going on in our country right now? What is going on? Well, Graham on Twitter asked this question. Does this mean you can start building windmills again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. I, I genuinely think it won't come to that, that this is a fake uh, consultation that they will launch about uh, how they measure local support. And, and you know, I just think the whole thing's fake. I don't even think the coal mine would get built, right? Because the people behind that project have to invest 165 million quid. And they know that the next government, the likely next government, Labour, are against the project. Yeah. I dare say they could, they could barely get it running by the next election. Who's going to bung that sum of money in, knowing what they're doing is against the grain of everything. Well, right. I mean, that's that's precisely it. No one's going to do that. This is, of course, the, the, the argument that is supposedly tacitly in favour of the coal is that it's, this isn't a conventional coal mine. This is about <laughs> producing steel. What do you make of that distinction, Dale? I laugh out f***ing loud. Right? <laughs> Because what they say is, oh, this is coke for making steel, and that's why we need it, right? And the, the two producers of steel in Britain have said, well, we don't want it, actually, because wow. we're moving to green steel. We're going to use electric furnaces and hydrogen like everybody else in the world is moving to. So they don't want it. The government said 85% would be exported anyway, but with these UK guys saying they don't want it, that's 100% for export. Yeah. And what, what gets even more laughable is that the government are telling themselves and trying to tell us that this is a climate neutral move. And the basis for that is if we don't dig coal out of the ground, somebody else will. That's incredible. Yeah, who who else is going? I mean, what's the deal there? I mean, this is just bullshit, right? Well, there's there's as our UK producers say, there's plenty of coke in the international market. There's no shortage of that. But yeah. What what kind of excuses is if we don't do it, somebody else will? Therefore, it's climate neutral. I mean, that's just madness. Yeah, that's extraordinary, isn't it? it but it does give us a taster of the the, the the lack of any kind of philosophical direction of this government. Oh, it's honestly, it's. It used to be ridiculous under Johnson. I felt like at times we were in kind of an Alice in Wonderland kind of uh, world, you know, where things were said that were quite opposite of what was really going on. You, you can't even fathom what's happening at the moment. Yeah. Unless I think you reduce it down to internal party management. And then it starts to make sense. This coal mine will never get built. So they'll give it permission. Yeah. That makes the right wing happy. Um, onshore wind won't actually get built, but they'll pretend to consult on it. That makes the left wing of the Tory party happy. Yeah. And, uh, and away we go doing nothing, actually, um, while the climate crisis. Busy doing nothing. As my old nan would say, Dale, what a pack of f***ers. <laughs> I think she might have said something stronger than that <laughs> yeah, right quite now. Quite possibly. Um, uh, here's an interesting story. The world's oldest DNA could fight climate change. I like the sound of this. Yeah, me too. So I read the story and I was disappointed. Big ah. time. Big time. So they found some super old DNA, a million years older than the oldest we ever found before. Yeah. And it paints a picture of a time a long, a long while ago, a number of species. Uh, I think it was in the Arctic uh, where the, the temperatures were up to 20 degrees higher than they are today. And so they're – but the premise for the, the headline is all kinds of wrong, right? All they're saying is that they, they can see that life adapted in the past to climate change. But actually that climate change happened over huge periods of time in which – life was able to evolve to adapt. And we obviously haven't got that because we're doing it over a super compressed time. Yeah. So ultimately, I don't see how they conclude 
that this old DNA is going to help uh, fight the climate crisis because it's not. Here's a question from Chloe on Twitter. Dale, what do you make of Elon Musk killing thousands of animals in his Neuralink experiments? What's the story here? Elon Musk. I mean, what kind of guy is he anyway? I've got no, I've got no respect for him anyway. I think he's an amoral, you know, deeply dishonest, ego money driven maniac, actually. But now we hear that he's been killing thousands of animals in experiments to build neurotransmitters. Um, and he's done it illegally. And we know that the laws that protect animals are so weak, you have to really struggle, right, to kill an animal badly in, in the eyes of the law. But he's managed it. And, um, you know, perhaps he's in a bit of trouble for that. But I think what an awful story. What an awful man. Yeah, what's he trying to do? Is this like his Neuralink experiment? What the hell is that? That sounds like something I don't want to be part of. Yeah, absolutely right. Siri's bad enough, and and Alexa listening into your conversations, right, and then and then dishing you adverts related to what you say. Imagine Elon Musk with a connection to your brain. No thanks. Uh, here's a headline out of the United Nations: We are at war with nature. I mean, that just kind of crystallizes the deal, right? Yeah. And you know, it's true. You can see that it's true. You know, we're in the sixth great mass extinction of wildlife on our planet, and it's driven mostly by industrial farming. We've taken about 90% of, of uh, the land from nature globally, uh, which is driving the decline. We've done that to grow plants, to feed to animals in intensive agriculture. It's all kinds of stupid. Yeah, we're at war with nature, no doubt about it. And we have to change. We have to stop eating animals. As simple as that. I mean, you've talked about this literally for years, and there are a few more people talking about that as well. Because I know you feel equally as passionate about the, uh, the the kind of food chain issue as you do about you know how we heat our homes and things like that. And of course, you've always said that these are irredeemably interlinked anyway. So you can't, you know, if we're talking about being kind to the planet and doing the right thing, you can't separate these two things. But I, I, I sense that the, the kind of animal food chain thing is somewhat relegated a bit. For me or for other people? No, I think in the in the in the national debate, there's a big yeah. you know, people talk about windmills, they talk about solar panels, they talk about net zero. But almost when this comes up, it's almost like a completely separate conversation. And your contention has always been that it's not a separate conversation. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it's the cow in the room, you could say, that people just don't want to talk about. You know, you get even members of, of XR and, and, you know, great environment groups like that who who will say, oh, but we don't have to give up eating meat. We can just make meat in a better way, you know, have organic meat or whatever. It's completely unrealistic. But what you've got there are people that are just unwilling to accept that we have to stop eating animals. And you know, to a degree as well, we, we seem to believe that it's a natural part of our diet and, and to eat it in the quantities that we do is completely historically unfounded, that claim. It just hasn't happened. They're so completely linked. We have to give up fossil fuels and give up animal farming and we can undo all of the problems that we face in the world. Jamie on Facebook, different subject. Score prediction, please, for El Glossico. <laughs> I don't even know what that question means. Forest Green Rovers this weekend play Cheltenham, our nearest neighbours and uh, friendly rivals. Well, hang on, who's El Glossico? Uh, well, it's a it's a it's a twist on um, uh, on a game in Europe, El Clasico. So oh, I a, see. It kind of picks up. It's a Gloucester reference. Yes, Gloucester classic. I got it. The old Gloucester mess around with words classic. I get it yeah. now. So, what's what is the prediction then, Dale? I'm not very good at predictions. I mean, I don't like, I don't even like to make them, uh, except England versus Wales at halftime. I called it at 3 0, and it was. I always thought that was going to be 3 0. What do you think about England's chances on Saturday then? Well, I think, um, well, I don't know. It could go one of two ways, right? 
<laughs> we're going to win or we're going to lose. We could have a great game. We could we could shut Mbappe down, you know, keep him quiet, and uh, you know, people like Phil Foden could run right uh, down yeah. our wing. And, you know, we could we could win uh, and we could lose, and that's the extent of my crystal ball, right? <laughs> there it is. We have some great attacking footballers. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, we do. We do. Whether we've got great enough defenders is a good question. Correct. I think the defence is where perhaps the, 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 the weaker part of the equation lies. But it's not like France have ever won the World Cup. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, they're the current <laughs> holders. Yeah, scrap. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And do you know what? They're playing some awesome football. So, uh, yeah. you know, if we do beat them, then hell, you, you've got to think we're nailed on for the... Uh, for uh, the absolutely right. Uh, there was a thing on TV this week where Piers Morgan ate a steak in front of a vegan campaigner. I, I've seen people do this before. What do you make of that? Oh, it's just it's just lame, isn't it? You know, it's 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 like it's pathetic. Like somebody said it, I think, in the comment at the end of his show. You know, you are you twelve, Piers? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the what what point is trying to be made by that in that respect. I think he's trying to be offensive in front of that vegan. He was trying to offend him by eating that piece of animal. Uh, and, and just make the point, like, I don't care what you say, I'm going to eat steak. I was like, well, you know, knock yourself out, Pierce. Who really cares? Yeah. I don't think it made the vegan want to start eating meat, if that was part of the... <laughs> I don't think it did. That, I don't think it did. Um, let's do a little bit of fracking corner. Uh, and this is Quadrilla. Uh, they want more time to decommission sites. That's not a headline that the fracking enthusiast wanted to hear. Well, this is we should rename them non-driller, right? Because you know that that gig is over for them. Yeah. Um, but also, I think we should rename this corner. I think it should be U-turn corner because the fracking news is like it's like diminishing returns we're getting now. They want two more years to decommission. But I say big whoop. I don't care if they take two years or they don't. I really don't care. Um, but. I think we're getting more U-turn news than we're getting fracking news right now. Sure. Like today, I think I mentioned earlier, up until today, it looked like this new conservative government, you know, which is just a few weeks older than the previous one, was going to maintain the proposed ban on solar onshore. Uh, but only today in, in the Commons, we heard that they're not. They're actually going to keep it as it is, which is massive news for the solar industry and for our chances of getting to net zero yeah, U-turn corner. That might be that might be the thing we do next. A corner is also sort of a partial U-turn, anyway, isn't it? <laughs> it's half a U-turn. Right? I'm just thinking about my geometry. We can, call, <laughs> we can call this the triangle of U-turn corner. It's a half U-turn. You're right. It's a, yes, <laughs> the circular triangle of U-turn. We're covering every geometrical possibility on this, but they're moving around like nutters at the moment on this stuff. So no, they're nutters. They are yeah. nutters, and it's wrong. It's just wrong that these nutters are in control of our country. Final question from Donna on LinkedIn, who says, is it appropriate to be involved in fashion awards when the industry needs to do so much more to become sustainable? Well, I think the answer is in the question there. The industry does need to do so much more. So I think it's appropriate to get in there and, and try and point them in the right direction. What was the story there then? Well, the story was uh, I went to the British Fashion Awards this week. Have you been on the catwalk again, Dale? Is that what the red carpet, the actual red carpet? I'd never been there before. Honestly, it was the weirdest place I've ever been, and I've been to some weird places. Like, <laughs> really have. Honestly, it was so weird. It, it did me in. But I was on the red carpet, did a couple of interviews. We were there as Sky Diamond. Um, just we'd sponsored the awards. We embedded a diamond in every one of them, so that I don't know if it was ten winners on a night or something. Nice. Uh, they all got a special glass trophy with a diamond embedded in it, and. 
really it's just about kind of raising the profile of Sky Diamond and the idea that we can we can make luxury things like diamonds uh, without killing the planet. You know, there are, there are better ways to do everything. So it's a start. It's something. Good work. Um, that is it for this episode. Dale, we'll speak in a week. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking forward to what's going to happen in the next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, if it's anything like the last week, we're in for an absolute bloody bonanza, aren't we? So I'm exhausted. Could be a long one. Don't forget, of course, to follow this podcast from your podcast provider so that you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there too. Follow Dale on social media. He's on Twitter, Facebook, Insta, and of course, TikTok. Zero carbon. East off.